What a joy to be here again with you this morning, and a particular joy to see some of you back after a while. Uh, it's been a good break for many. You've been traveling, you've been uh, in and out of town. May the Lord bless you as you re-enter life, get back to work. School starts in, I think, a few days for a lot of people, and we'll get back into a routine. And this routine is very important because I want us to make sure that spiritual priorities are built into that routine so that we put spiritual priorities first. Academic, economic, uh, social priorities, by all means, please fill up those priorities and make sure that you are doing great, that you're healthy, but make sure that your spiritual priorities are right up there. Home groups are starting up right across the city, and home groups would either meet in, during the week or on a Sunday, depending on the convenience of the people within that home group. There are no hard and fast rules. It's all on relationships. But you need to be part of a home group. And if you're not part of a home group, text the number, uh, that, uh, the church's number, or fill in that Google form that we sent a link to you. Let us know that you don't have a home group, and we will quickly connect you to a family. Greater, uh, Greater Noida has got a home church. If you're closer that way, you could join that. You could meet up with Ashish uh, here, or his brother, uh, brother-in-law Nitin is around here as well. And they, they can uh, you know, add you to their fellowship over there. So everything's getting started again, like I've been telling you. Early teens ministry is getting started from next Sunday onwards. Kids' church is getting started from next Sunday onwards. So we're hoping to build, a, just like this, but a children's service right over here uh, nearby, either in the next building or somewhere they're looking for space and, and uh, look after our children. To go to the next level if you want to be part of the Discovery Bible class. And uh, 15 people have already signed up. I'm pretty kicked about that. But if there's anybody more who wants to uh, add quick, there's still time. I think they get started this week. So the Discovery Bible class, I think they're going to be doing hermeneutics, how to interpret, how to understand the Bible, how to read the Bible for all it's got. Okay. And last but not least, the way I personally shepherd and encourage people in the church, my family, my, my community, is through uh, the Telegram app. Uh, I release a prayer every morning with a devotional, a Bible bite, uh, just to give you something to think about every morning as you get your day started. So if you are not hearing from me and hearing my prayer for you in the morning, um, if you're not uh, connected, then please download the app and just let me know. Text me from the app and I'll join, I'll add you to the community and you could be part of that. I often remove people. As soon as I see that they haven't checked Telegram for more than three weeks, I remove them from the thing. I assume that they are not interested. So if for any chance I have removed you, you can just text me. I'll put you back right on, no problem. All right? So I don't want to be flooding anybody's inbox, faltu, faltu prayers and all that. Who wants faltu prayers, right? Are you ready? God's word? We told half the church not to come this morning so that you could be comfortable. Isn't that, isn't that great? All right. We're starting a new series this morning, and the series name is Agape. You are brilliant. You are very smart people. Agape. Does anybody know what agape means? Unconditional or sacrificial love. The love of God. The love of God. And I, it's a three-part series. I want to break it down into three and look at uh, agape over three parts. And then after that, we'll do peace. We just finished with, uh, what did we do before? Grace, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Grace is what we did, four parts series. If you like that, pass it on. I'm planning to uh, transcript that and transcribe that and turn it into a little ebook or a PDF so that you can pass it on to people who prefer to read it. All right? 
If I was to summarize this sermon into a single sentence, it would be this. Loving people is hard. Amen? <laughs> Loving people is hard. But allowing God to love them through you relieves you of a world of heartache, emotional fatigue, and loss of identity. Heartache, emotional fatigue, and loss of identity. To lose yourself in loving someone else. Loving people is hard. But allowing God to love them through you. God, I can't handle this person. Lord, this is becoming too much for me. Father, I can't handle this relationship anymore. You want to give up. You want to give in. It's a nuisance. It's a stress. It's an anxiety. It's an obligation. It's a burden. It's a threat. It's a drain. I don't know what it is. But we all have extra grace required people. EGR. Extra grace required people. These are people that God graciously brings into our lives so that we can become more like Christ. If we love people that are easy to love, that's not much of a challenge really. So loving people is hard. No matter even the, most one, the ones we love the most and who are the most reciprocative, it's still hard loving them. But allowing God to love them through us brings another love to be at play through me. I become a channel of God's love than a generator of my own. I become a channel of God's love than a generator of my own. I don't have to come up with it all the time. And it becomes draining. It relieves me of a world of heartache, emotional fatigue, and loss of identity. So, that's the series. A study on the word agape, the love of God. The love of God and the love for God. A love of God when God loves us and our love for Him is also called agape. Now, I've preached a lot about God's love. That's nothing new. I've preached a lot about our love for Him. So, that's nothing new. But this is not my personal emphasis for this series. I'm not going to be talking so much, and I've mentioned it a hundred times, but I'm not going to be talking so much about how God loves us and how we should love Him. That's not my emphasis. I want, I want us to work past some misconceptions and some misguidedness about agape, about what we understand by love, simply because of Bollywood, Hollywood, Archie's, Facebook, Poems, lust, relationships, and all the confusion that has now been attached to the word love. And of late, the whole gender matter and homosexuality. It has been driven into the ground. The word love has been mutilated from every angle. So I want to sort of redeem that and go back and talk about agape, the only love that's truly love, the only one that truly loves. And I want to talk about how that changes me and how it changes people around me. I want to deal with the misconceptions and the misguidedness. Number, the other thing is I want, to, I want the revelation of God's love to set us free from fears, from feelings, and from failures. The love of God when come in, when it comes into our life, it sets us free from our fears. It sets us free from our feelings. It, it rises above feelings, emotions, and it sets us free from our failures and the things we don't want or cannot do because we have failed in the past. When we love with God's love, channel 
not generator. When we love with God's love, there are some spectacular benefits. When you have loved with God's love, you are not tired at the end. You are not drained at the end. You are not irritated at the end. You have not lost yourself in the process at the end. You are enriched. You are filled. When it flows through you, it is for you. When it flows through you, it is for you. When it is for you, it is to go through you. So you are constantly full. Like a pipe that has full pressure water going through it is always full. But it is also going through it. So you get that. Once you get that and you plug into the love of God and he's loving people through you, first of all, he's loving you, unconditional, or oh, the depth, the mercy, and the, the vastness of God's love. And then he's loving other people through you. There's very little of you lost in the process. So it's not harder, it's easier. It eases stress. It eases health. It eases burdens. There's more love to love with. It's like switching cylinders and it comes full circle and you yourself are blessed. I want God's love to mark covenant life as a community. When people walk in, when they join our church, I want them to feel the love of God, not the love of people. <coughs> We're not looking to like people or be liked by people. We want for them to immediately feel accepted immediately feel like they have been soaked in by a community that has known the love of God. I repeat, known the love of God. You don't feel the love of God, you know it. And when you have known the love of God, people will also know God's love when they come into our community. And that's what Jesus died for. That's the price was paid for that, for that purpose. Now, <coughs> excuse me, love in Greek has many meanings. When I did my study, I found about eight in terms of meanings and usages. But four are used quite common in the Bible. Number one is eros love. That is the erotic, uh, passionate love. Physical intimacy, sexual, sensual intimacy between a man and a woman in marriage. That's eros, eros love. Then there's philia. Philia is love for friends or equal, or a brotherly love, a camaraderie, a brotherly love, a love that is on the level between human beings, a tremendous camaraderie between friends, Philadelphia, the city of love. That's just human love. Then we got storge, which is love for parents, that parents have for children, the incredible love that parents have for children from the time they're born till the time uh, they themselves die, I suppose. Family love. And finally, you have agape, which is the love for mankind. The way God loves, the love of God for, the fa for uh, mankind, and the way man reciprocates that love, because that love is not eros, that love is not storge, and that love is not filial. You get that? You can't love God with an eros love, although many churches worship in an erotic manner. You can't love God with a filial love, and you can't love God with a storge love. You gotta love God in a spiritual way because God is spirit. You gotta love God above emotions. You gotta love God above, transcend your own being and love him in a way that only he can love 
you with. So it's a new love. It's a love that not many of us are familiar with. Most of us are draining the well of our own love to desperately try and love people around us. That is why we reduce the number of people we interact with to the bare minimum as much as possible. And the moment somebody fails us, we chop them off, cut them off, cancel them. That is why we keep things down to bare minimums. Modern psychology will tell you to draw boundaries and to cut off, cut off, prune, prune, cut off everybody. And yet we have a God who loved the whole world. God, how do you do that? How do you love people like me? How do you love so many people? How do you love all the time? How do you love consistently? How do you love when you don't feel like it? God, would you pour your love into me and through me? Let people get my, your love through me. And when it flows through me, I'll just constantly be full of your love. In which case, I won't need eros or philia or storge to replace or replenish my own emptiness, brokenness, or vacuum. Agape, this three-part series, number one today, we're looking at the love of God the Father. Number two, we're looking at another meaning which is used in the Bible for agape, and that is a love feast. A love feast where you are feeding and eating together and you are experiencing the love of God together in fellowship around food and breaking bread and also involving the poor people who do not have food. And the third one is loving God with a spiritual love. I want us to understand, think through what it means to love in the spirit, what it means to love that, a love that transcends eros, storge, and filial. We'll look at that in the third week, okay? So the noun form of love is the word used to love God. The plural form of love is used for feasts. And the adjective form of love is mouth, mouth wide open. <gasps> the awe, the amazement of God, of God's love. So let's look at quick scriptures. Just quickly go through a few scriptures. I'm going to wrap this up for you today. Okay, few scriptures that define the love of God. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. This is the big one. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God demonstrated, circle, his own love. God demonstrated his own love. So God has his own love, his own way of loving, his own kind of loving. God, that's of course agape, right? God demonstrated his own love towards us that while we were still, circle still, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So it's a love that reaches out. It's a love that... Uh, that, that uh, it takes initiative far before it feels any reciprocity. So we've talked a lot about that. I've preached my heart out on that matter not too long ago as well. And you have that. But circle his own love. God has his own love. John 3.16. Anybody know John 3.16? In the beginning? All right. For, for God so loved the world. Circle so. In this manner. This is the kind of love with which God loves mankind. God so loved the world that he what? Gave. So God, God's love gives. It starts with giving. It starts with initiative. It starts with proactiveness. God's love gave that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. A little longer passage. 1 John chapter 4 verse 7 through 12. 1 John chapter 4 verse 7 through 12. Beloved, He's talking to the uh, believers. He says, beloved, let us love one another. Now, throughout this passage, the word agape is used. It's used when God is loving us, and it's used when we are loving each other. And that's the point I wanted to make this morning. For those of you scholarly among us, um, Nat, do you have the, that picture? Just put that up in a quick second, and I'll, I'll make a point of that. We're done with this. The next one. 
This is just a snapshot of the interlinear Bible. You've got the English and you've got Greek, but the Greek is in English, so it's called transliterated, right? And this is what you know, dumb scholars like me go to because you, know, you can't necessarily read the original languages. I can, but it's been a long time. Uh, so when you go through that, we're at, chapter, we're at verse 12. Look at verse 12. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. So his love is agape. Go back to the screen, please. So you see in, this, in the middle section, we've got we love. That is, we love one another. But do you see the word next under it? Agapao. So that's agape in the context of us loving us, loving each other. What is my point? Simply this. It doesn't say philia. It doesn't say eros. And it doesn't say storge. It says agape. My brothers and sisters, God has called the church not to love each other in a physical way, in an emotional way, in a family way, in a liking way, in a social way. God has called us to love each other like the way he loves us. He doesn't love us because he likes us. He doesn't love us because we are cute. He doesn't love us because we've been good this past week. He doesn't love us because, 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 because. You get the point. He loves us because that's his character and he has chosen to love us. And with the same love that is decided, permanent, prevenient, prevenient he wants us to love each other. He wants us to love each other. So go back to the top, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Love is from God, not from my heart. It comes from God. And whoever loves has been born of God. So if I've been born of God, I'm going to have the love of God automatically. I don't have to conjure it up. I don't have to concoct it. I don't have to stir it up. I don't have to develop it. I don't have to grow into it. It's there. It is there. Now, circle the word, is born of God and knows God. Born, know. Born, no. Two vital words, and we call these words weighty words. These are the words that give meaning to a text. Whoever loves God, or whoever knows God, loves God and has been born of God, number one. Number, that means he's had a spiritual birth, and only spiritually alive people can experience and impart the love of God, agape. And the second thing is knows God. He is in the knowledge of God. He is he's, he's in, in, involved in a relationship of love with God. Now anyone who does not love does not know God. That means the vast world of those who do not know God, they do not know agape. They are left with eros. They are left with storge. They are left with... Uh, uh, are you with me? They are left with that. And they're going to work that to an extreme. But they do not know agape. The only people who can know agape and can give agape love are those who are born of God. You must be born again. Because God is love. Verse 8. Verse 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his son into the world so that we may circle live. So now you have three words. You have the word born of God. And then you've got the word knows God. And then you've got the word lives in God. All these three you take as not synonyms, but meaning together. They are all working together. If you love God, you know God. If you know God, you're living in God. If you're living in God, you're loving God. And you're loving God, loving with God's love. Live through him. Verse 10. In this love, that is agape love, not that we have loved God, 
this is love, not that we have loved, but that he loved us and sent his son. It all started with him and it ends with him. It comes full circle to him. So he's the one who first loved us when we were unlovable. When we receive that kind of a love, we are able to love others and we are able to love him back with his love. Do you love God? The Bible says the commandment number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. What am I saying to you today? I'm saying to you that you cannot love with an eros love. You cannot love with a storge love. You cannot love with a filial love. Are you with me? You can only love with agape love. So with all the love that God is asking from you is the love with which he has loved you. He is only asking to reciprocate the love that he has loved you with. So if you are struggling to love God, the first and foremost thing you need to do is first receive from him his endless, incredible, fascinating, all-enduring love. His forgiving, all-encompassing love. He has loved you and you can only love him with agape love, which means he, you can only love him with the love that he has given you. And he wants you to love others with the love that he has given you. And he will give you enough love for that, for that people, for those people in your life that are so difficult to love. He will give you the love. He will help you deal with them. He will help you live with them, stay with them, bear with them. Every command in the Bible, bear with one another, care for one another, look after one another, forgive one another, is impossible without agape. Eros can only go so far. Philia can only go so far. Storgi can only go so far. But the agape love goes on and on and on. In this is love, not that... We have loved God, but that he loved us first. Verse 11, but if God so, circle so, in this manner, if God so loved us, we also ought to agapao, agapao, love one another. What is my point? Not that we should love one another. Oh, pastor, again you're telling me I should love. No, no, no. I'm saying love God with this love. It was like as if I say to you, I want you to go and give that poor person uh, two lakh rupees but I give you the two lakh rupees and I say here's the two lakh rupees and I want you to go and give that person two lakh rupees I have not taken a rupee from your own pocket so when God says love one another he gives the love when God says love your wife he gives the love when God says forgive the unforgivable he gives the love are you getting this he never leaves you shortchanged you are never left undone you are never left uh, uh, the lesser you are always fuller and better off than when you started, when you work with God's love through you. And many of you, I can say for sure, many of us do not know what it's like to receive and to channel the love of God. We are for the most part loving with our own love. And that is why we are frustrated, we are tired, we are... We, we lose ourselves in the process. We are somewhat resentful. And resentment is essentially the, the hating of those who are stealing from us, who are taking from us. Where we feel shorter, we feel smaller, we feel shortchanged because of these people in our lives, this situation in our lives. Resentment is essentially that bitterness that keeps growing because there's less and less of me for me. In this love, in this is love that we... Not that we loved God, but he loved us first. If God so loved, we ought to love one another. Then he ends with this. He says, no one's seen God. No one has seen God. But when believers start loving each other with the love of God, agapo, when believers start seeing God, uh, seeing, uh, loving each other with the love of God, then unbelievers see 
God. God is seen by agapao. God is seen by his agape. God is experienced by the knowledge of the love of God. Not felt, experienced by the knowledge of the love of God. It is a sacrificial love. It is a demanding love. It is a, it is a giving love. It is a proactive love. But God is not expecting you to do it. He is expecting you to channel the love that he gives you. That he pours into you on a daily basis as you commune with him, as you center down and you be alone with him, as you receive from him and you have your sin covered, you are able to forgive others as you forgive me. You are able to receive bread for the daily living. You are able to go the distance that you could not have gone on your own. Mercy and goodness will follow you all the days of your life. As he is your shepherd and you find yourself not wanting, not, not lacking in anything, and you are full, the love of God then flows through you to people around you. And when God's love gets through you to people around you, they see God. Not in you, they just see God. They see God through agape, agapas. It's seen in interpersonal relationships. And God has chosen that this world should see him through his love. His love is the knowledge of him. That knowledge has been granted to those who are his own, that is the church. And that church has been given life in his name. So put all of that together, agape is how God loves. It is a, it is a prevenient love. It starts out before you asked for it, before you needed it, before you wanted it. It starts out, it gives before you could ask for it. It is a permanent love. It, it loves completely before you could begin to love, love back. It loves completely before you could even begin to love God. That's why nowhere in the Bible it says Jesus loves you. Nowhere in the Bible does it say God loves you. Whenever it has said that, it uses the, the, the tense, God has loved us with an everlasting love. Khatam, done. All that could be given has been given 2,000 years, 10,000 years, millennia before I could even walk the face of this earth. He has completely loved us. There is nothing more that he has to do to prove that love. So prevenient love and permanent love gives completely even before you ask for it. It is a response to that love that God gives. Two things I want you to remember as you go home. Number one, no dearth of love. And number two, no fear in love. No dearth in love of love and no fear in love. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says this. God's love has been what? Poured. God's love has been what? Poured. God's love has been what? Hello? God's love has been? Like you believe it. God's love has been? Poured. Not drip. Not divided. Here's one for you. Here's two for you. God's love has been poured out. Agape has been poured out. So agapos can be poured out. Are you getting this? Agape has been poured into you. No, but I still want. I still want his love. I still want her love. Eros. Storge. Philia. I know God loves me, but you know, I also want. 
God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So God didn't just give off himself, he gave himself. One third of the Trinity has been given to you to live with you day in, day out, to remind you of this one thing, of the three things that is the, that is the profile, that is the job description of the Holy Spirit on earth, of the three things. Number one is just to remind you every day that you belong to him and that you are loved by him. How about that, huh? How about that? The work of the Holy Spirit every day is to open the word to you and remind you, you are mine, you are spoken for. You are mine, you are spoken for. No dearth of love. God's love has been poured into our hearts. So God's love is his forgiveness. His forgiveness, not emotions. God doesn't love because he feels love towards us. And if we wait to feel love towards people, or if we love the people we feel love towards, that's not agape. That is the other. So marriages should have eros and storge and philia and agape. But agape needs to be on top. And when God says, husbands, love your wives, he's talking about agape. Families need to be storge and agape. Is this making sense? But no matter what, agape needs to be on top. Show me a stressed out family, an anxious family, a strained family. Show me a family that's torn, estranged. Show me a family that's not communicating, not, not, not talking things out, not forgiving one another. I'll show you a family that's worn out of storge, worn out of failure, desperately needing agape. God's love is his forgiveness, not emotions, not feelings. God's love is his commitment to our very best interests at all costs. God will always, always work at your very best interest. God will never love you based on your performance. Listen to me and listen to me good. And if this is the last thing you hear from this pulpit, let it be this, that God does not love you based on your performance. God loves you based on his character. And God loved you, loved, completely loved you before you were born. So there is nothing you can do to undo, shortchange, shorten, revoke, recall the love of God. It has been dispensed in your direction, full and final. His commitment is to your very best. And when you ask him for something, college, job, health, a dream, an ambition. When you ask him for something, if he doesn't give it to you, it will only be because he has something better. Believe it. He always has something better. And if you fathers can know how to give your children good things, how much more would the father in heaven? Behold what manner of love the fathers had for us. That we should be called the children of God. His desire for us is his will. He wanted us before we wanted him. His desire for us is, is what this whole thing is about. This is not about religion. This is not about seeking God. It is the fact that God sought us out before. It is that the father was seeking to know you. It is the father seeking that you should know him. Bottom line... The love of God 
compels God to want you to know him. He wants to be known by you. So the message of the gospel from this pulpit is not, you're a sinner and you're going to hell and Jesus can save you. True, but that's not the message. The message from this pulpit is not, you messed up again last week. You messed up again last week. You failed again last week, but mercy is available. So hey, hang in there. The message from this pulpit is, God wants you. God loves you. God wants you to know him. God wants you to be found in him. God wants you to love in and through him. God wants to open, tear his heart open to you, to bring you into his heart with all your brokenness and all your woundedness and all your bitterness and all your resentment. He has space for you. He's not looking for space in your heart. He's saying there's a lot of space in my heart for you. He wants you in him. He's not asking to be in you. And he tears his heart open and allows the gunk and the misery and the selfishness of me and my life to come into him. Only to be enveloped by the length and breadth and depth and height of his love. To be found in him. Complete. With the righteousness of Christ. And to know him. And to know why he got a hold of me in the first place. God desires to be known by you. That is the gospel. And his love compels him to invite you into his life. Warts and all. So God has given us his love. And God has given us his love to love others with. Agape. So when he says love others. When he says forgive others. He will give you that much portion for that day. For that person. For that day, for that person, in proportion to that hurt, in proportion to that betrayal, in proportion to that abandonment, in proportion to that deception, in proportion to that sin, God will hand out just enough agape love so you can fulfill and forgive that person and move on. God does not ask you to love them with the storge, philia or eros love. He doesn't ask you to dig out of the well of your own ability to love people back. Whatever you have gone through, he knows you have gone through that. If he knows you are in debt for 5,000 rupees, he will give you the 5,000 rupees to get out of debt. Do you get this? God is not asking for anything from us that will empty us. He's asking for everything from us to fill us so that it goes through us. We love regardless of feelings. We must love regardless of feelings. We can love even when we don't feel like it because of agape. We have two cylinders. I have my own love, I have Christ's love. And when I get addicted to giving you Christ's love and it works out better for my life, I land up doing that more than giving you my love. Hasn't worked out for me so far anyway. We love regardless of feelings. We love, we forgive regardless of faults. We love regardless of feelings and we forgive regardless of faults. We can forgive even when, we, when they don't deserve it, we can forgive it. Not because it's coming from us, but because it's coming from him. So listen to me. We love, we love with our emotions. So that's a feeling. But God loves with his character. So it's a decision. We love with our emotions. God loves with his character. So it's a decision. No dearth of love. I also want you to remember there's no fear in love. 1 John chapter 4 verse 18 and 19, just two verses. 
There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. We love because he first loved us. There are two separate verses. But there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. There is no, what does that mean? What does it mean that there is no fear in love? It means that when I'm loving with God's love, I'm not afraid of being robbed, cheated, shortchanged, losing myself, losing my identity, losing anything I have. I'm not afraid of being controlled, manipulated, hurt, abused. I'm not afraid of anything when I love with the love of God. What are the reasons you and I hold back love from people in our lives? Why, why, do, why do I hold back love? It's fears. Why do I budget love for certain people and more for others? Why do I recall love after loving a person for a period of time? I recall that love. I revoke that love. Why do I do that? It's fears. It's either fears or it's feelings or it's failures. Fear of something or my feelings are gone now. I don't have that same feeling for you anymore. Divorce, divorce, divorce. Or failures. You have failed me beyond... I cannot forgive you anymore. There is no fear in love. So healing and reordering our private lives is what God's love does in us. When God's love flows through us, it heals of the memories of the things that have been done to us and it covers us completely. It washes us and it fills us so much that there is no fear left of that hurt coming back again, that memory coming back again and those weaknesses coming back again. Another thing God's love does for us, it enables us to trust again. Because my trust is not in you anymore, now my trust is in God. The love of God flows through me so that I can trust God with my relationship with you. I can trust God with my giving to you. I can trust God with my sacrifice for you. I can trust God with my forgiveness to you. Learning to trust again, to become vulnerable again, even, even to be honest again, is the love of God. It's the love of God. So let's close. God is love. Agape. Love is not God. That's Eros. God is love. And God desires to be known by you. His ultimate desire, his all eternal desire has been that you should know him. And why does he want you to know him so much? And God's desire is that in turn, the people around you would know him through you. Would know him through you. Jesus said they will know you by my love for each other. God is love. God desires to be known by you. And in turn, for people around you to know him through you. Are you tired? Are you struggling with people in your life? Is there someone that's draining you? Is there someone that's stolen from you? Someone who has abused you or has stolen the innocence from your childhood. Your peace from your 10s, your 20s, your 30s. Are there have there been people who have come into your life and have drained you? Is there anything that you're struggling with? All three loves are great, but agape is greater. And the love of God is experienced when you open yourself up to be vulnerable to the one person you can in fact trust. And when you have done that and his love fills you, you will find that his love overflows to people around you. You will find that it's not you doing it, it's just overflowing to people around you. You will find people seeing God in you because they see God's love in you. 
they see you have been healed by his love they see that you have been centered that you have been strengthened that you have been that you have been sorted by the love of god very powerful very powerful begin your journey to receive and to dispense the love of god and live free of the other loves live free of trying to conjure up your own move from trying to love people to overflowing with the love of god thank you father god for what you have taught us this morning in jesus name i pray amen